Welcome to the Social Impact Level Up podcast. This podcast is made from the spaces I host every week on the Clubhouse app in the Social Impact Level Up Club. If you don't know me, I'm Wendy V, and I am a coach for socially conscious entrepreneurs. I help you develop your social impact mission, clarify your vision, and turn your ideas into action. Every week, I talk to leaders with a social impact mission about money mindset and manifestation. We also hold weekly spaces for our collective to join forces and change the world. In each episode, you'll hear me moderate the conversation with my two co-hosts, Rodrigo Bravo and Santiago Caceres. Through this podcast, we hope that you will learn, grow, and thrive with our collective. Now, here's a little bit more about this episode. Oh man, this episode, even listening to it makes me just, wow. The journey to get to where I've been and the standards I used to live by, I've had to give up so much in order to live life the way I want to live, to be happy and to just be able to create and inspire and live in a way that's consistent with my values. What success looks like to me may be very different from other people, but what I do know is I don't need to define my success on their standards and not mine. So the, today's topic was really about a conversation amongst the community and there isn't a definition of success. So I struggled to put that word in the title because there isn't always a common definition of success. I think a lot of the time we're measuring ourselves not against our own success, but against a, a image or a definition that's been imposed upon us from some other place. And sometimes when we inherit that image or we think that that is what we're supposed to be doing in order to be successful, it's not what we're currently doing or how we currently look. And when that happens, we can feel unworthy, we can feel less than, we can feel like we're not being successful. And it's really difficult to measure yourself against a standard that probably is not ever you know, achievable essentially because you didn't set that standard. So now what you have is this kind of high standard that you're trying to reach and you're doing as many efforts as you can, but you're not really actually reaching it. And that can cause a lot of mental strife. So the reason for this conversation is one, to talk about this whole phenomenon of success and the pressure to succeed or what that looks like, particularly when you have things like social media and you have other influences in our lives that are bringing, um, that, are bringing that pressure to us and are trying to help us, you know, I think in our journey, you know, grow, but sometimes the pressure isn't necessarily helping us grow, it's actually hindering us. So the, the conversation today is anything around those topics. And I think for me, where I wanted to start the conversation is at least in, in the early years and in my family, I think that this pressure was something that had been growing with me. So as I maybe developed it for certain reasons, certain coping mechanisms in my family structure, I might have then transmuted um, that purpose and kind of mirrored it over into other aspects of my life where you know now I have very healthy relationships with my family. But in the past, you know those relationships were really built on the need for, um, for validation, for attention, and I was given it, but not always by my father, right? So it doesn't have to be the whole family. It can even just be one person who might contribute to some of these thoughts. 
and I know that the pressure to succeed was never from my mother. My mother always you know, came to all of my award ceremonies. It was like, you're doing so much, you're doing so good, you know, keep going. But also, you know, this isn't necessary for you to be like perfect, right? And so my mom was very good at telling me like, you've created this own boundary for yourself. You realize that, right? But I always wished that my dad would show up to one of those things and he never did. In the 12 years that I was in, um, you know, K through 12, like in, in actual school, school versus college, my dad never showed up. So when it came to college, oddly enough, my dad decided to start showing up and he helped move in, move into my dorm room. He was at my high school graduation. He was at my college graduation. He was at my grad school graduation. And it was really interesting because through all of those those conversations that we've had over the years, we've definitely repaired our relationship to where it's, you know, it's, it's good. It's not like the, the best father-daughter video you'll see on a commercial somewhere, but we're cool. But it's because he started showing up, right? And the pressure for me to continue to keep going, keep going, keep going, was then kind of moved from, okay, I'm trying to really do this because I want my dad to show up, but it was more moved because I thought that other people were looking at me then. <laughs> I had already been achieving so much that if I didn't keep achieving, I would be a letdown, right? So if it's like, okay, I'm, I'm achieving all the way through high school, I then get into college, I then get into an Ivy League school, and then I'm, okay, well, well now I'm at the beginning of a career and I'm back at the bottom again, right? So how do you then keep going? And of course, as a Latina and as a woman of color who was not necessarily born into an affluent family, the, the pressure to keep going was also monetary, right? Because as you grow in your status and you grow in your career, you grow in your monetary capabilities to earn. So for me, that pressure came, you know, where it started, I mentioned, and I'll recap because Rodrigo just got here, where the pressure to succeed started with this relationship with my dad, where you know it was always trying to be seen and validated by him and he didn't show up. Then when he did show up, by then I had already moved that pressure to succeed over to my educational space. And then I moved that over to my career space. So as I started doing more things, I became known as the special projects girl because I was the girl who would not let the ball fall, right? Like if you chose me to be the leader of this team, the thing is gonna get done. It's gonna get done really, really, really well, but it's also gonna probably kill me. <laughs> and so as I went through my career, I kept putting myself in these positions where I would get a bunch of responsibility, be super stressed, feel like I had this intense pressure to be successful at whatever it was I was trying to do, and then as I went to the next thing, I went to the next thing, I kept just transferring this pressure to succeed, not only on myself, but also onto the teams that I led, right? And it, it took me a minute to realize that, well, now I've done turned something from my dad problem to my education problem, my career problem, now I turned it into a team problem, and now I'm imposing it on other people. Like, this is just ridiculous, right? So I've had to, as a leader, especially in my last position where I, I was the head of a department of about 20 to 25 people, I had to set standards for them that were successful, but I also had to help them understand that the pressure to succeed wasn't coming from me, it was coming from the people above me, but I was shielding as much of that pressure for them to be the best people that they could be. Because I knew, and it almost killed me again, I knew that my team was bomb. My team could do anything. My team was rocking every single thing we got. So they can shine in ways that 
allows them to grow as people. But in the environment we were in, that required me again to be the person to take the brunt of this pressure to succeed. Because if there was two words wrong in the thing that they wrote, and I had edited that thing, and I didn't catch those two words, somebody above me was going to notice. And in the environment that we were in, those two words were the one thing that that person or those people would see, right? Like nothing else was good enough. So the pressure to succeed doesn't always come from you. And it can be from the environment you're in, it can be from the people around you, it can be from, you know, the, the, again, the monetary aspect of feeling like you need to be earning a certain amount of money, or even just societal expectations that we inherit as being members of, you know, wherever, whatever societies we're part of. So this is my way of introing a very big conversation that I want to invite our community to, because I want you to think about, as I invite you all up, you know, how this has kind of gone through your life story or your life journey and if you are someone like me who's been you know achieving 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 back to back to back have you set yourself up if you if you do fail that it's okay right so if, if a failure quote unquote failure or a challenge that you you cannot be successful at comes at you will you mentally be okay so have you done that work internally to validate yourself and to be comfortable with yourself if you do not continue this pattern of success. So there's so many questions in here <laughs> that I want to hear about because I know I think about this all the time. And so I know, Rodrigo, you came in a little bit late. David, you've been here since the jump. So I'm going to let David actually go first because he's been here for a minute and he probably has something he wants to say since he hopped up. And then Rodrigo, do you want to go after David just so you can get a little bit more um, flavor for the conversation? Cool. Okay. Yeah, Dave, David, hop in. Hey, you. Wendy, thank you so much for launching this conversation. And I really do appreciate it coming from a Latino background where we know that we're basically living inside of a pressure cooker. And it's only a matter of time where we could ask other questions about ourselves, about how effective we are as individuals. And our society really sucks, too, at the same time, because we we living in the United States, like you need to be at 100 and be amazing. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Enneagram, and it's basically a personality um, trait and style, and it helps divvy up your personality. But uh, just to say something short and sweet, I'm a number three, and a number three is the achiever. It's constantly looking to do something that is right, something to impress, something that you think is the right thing to do. And while there are great things about that trait, because you can really connect with people well, it also could be really, really toxic. Um, because you end up stifling your growth or you think that you're just never going to be good enough. So j I don't have too much to add to what you're saying more. Thank you. But I just wanted to say thank you for starting this conversation because it's one that probably leads to a lot of trauma and years of, of having to walk through that. And what I've done for myself is just take it a day at a time and count your blessings and be thankful for what you do have right now because tomorrow's another day and I'll be worried, well, we can worry about it then. But thank you, that I'm David and I'm done speaking. Yeah, yay, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, David, for being here. It's good to see you. And you're, so you're the, which one are you out of the Enneagram? Um, I'm definitely a three, an achiever. And I don't know oh. how I tied with the seven, which is the enthusiast. I don't, they're literally the same number, and I think I'm more three than seven, but so, I have taken it before, so I was curious. I, I'm the helper achiever. 
<laughs> which like totally characterizes me to a T. And I, I laughed when I got that. So when you brought it up, I was over here giggling because I, I was I was like, this conversation is very much about me being the helper achiever all the time. So, so yeah, so thanks for bringing that up. So Rodrigo, do you wanna jump in and then we'll go to Carmen and anyone else if you wanna to come to the conversation and please share the room guys. If you wanna um, get more people in here to talk about this topic, let people know that we're having this conversation. You can do the little, it looks like a recycle sign on the bottom left, but you also um, can just you know share the link if you want to. So Rodrigo, what's going on with you? How are you? And um, what do you think about this? I know, I know you have the same dad conversation because we talked about our dads being very similar. Don't get me started, Wendy. So, I was going to say, you don't even need to go all the way back to childhood because I already put that part of the conversation on the table. <laughs> you could start it wherever you want. Now, that's funny. And, and I appreciate David sharing right now as well, right? Because it, it does bring up a lot of trauma, right? And I think that's the good thing about this club. We're, we're not necessarily here to trauma bond. We're talking about how we've dealt with the trauma and move past from it. And I think that's really critical, really important because succeeding everybody has different definitions of succeeding and for me growing up watching my father succeed or at least succeed in his definition you know I, it, it really set me back quite a bit because i ended up really thinking to myself like i actually don't really care to succeed you know and and i don't mean that in the sense like i'm gonna be broke i'm gonna be homeless or so you know i'm just saying like i'm not gonna take the road that he took the trajectory that he took to succeed because a lot of times the road that he took was questionable you know ethically morally uh uh you know the, the power the power dynamics which he seemed to enjoy i i found you know many times disgusting and so you know him trying to kind of impose it on me and me growing up with that kind of mindset of kind of dealing with the two really, really held me back for quite a while. And I think that's why it's important to recognize that and to see where other folks are in that journey. Because a lot of times folks that, that grow up like us that are Latino, Latina, Latinx, and we, we don't, we don't, we feel like all this pressure. We don't even realize, man, there's so many people that are going in the same pressure, the same pressure to succeed because of our bringing and because of those humble beginnings right nobody you, you don't want to you don't want to be the one that your parents crossed a river and and traveled 1000 miles just so you could be here and somehow fail in their eyes right and so there's that pressure that's just that that origin story that you kind of have to live up to and i remember going through that myself and going to school getting married early having my kids early and then everything just being destroyed. I just destroyed it all. I got a divorce. I I, I had a, a, a I had a good job, but it wasn't where I was planning to go into. I didn't become the dreams that my father wanted. All this other stuff. So I spent you know years just kind of wandering for a bit, right? And I think that's why it's so important that we kind of discuss that because if people are going through that now, you know, you got to recognize those signs. So yeah, I, I feel like, you know, the pressure to succeed is so prevalent with their own, our own communities, right? And it has a lot to do with their upbringing as well. But, but at the end of the day, uh, you know, we, 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 we all have different uh, definitions when it comes to being successful. And for me, it's really led to this, okay, I wanna be happy. That's really my goal. If I'm happy, I'm successful. And my happiness doesn't necessarily mean that you know other folks namely you know my parents and my family 
feel like I'm successful. You know, even though I am, I, I certainly feel that I'm successful and I've met that success that probably my dad even has. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really make me happy. And that's really where my success lies in, in being happy. And growing up, Wendy, I'm not going to lie. It, I don't even think my dad believed in that, that, you know, if he was happy, he was successful. That wasn't his definition of success. And I think that's why there's such a conundrum there within our own community of what success is and, and the sacrifices that we do for that success. So I just I just wanted to lead to with with that with that uh that portion of the conversation. Yeah, thanks, Rodrigo. So many things in there. They, I mentioned at the top of the room, I think, before you got here, that there is no real definition of success, and sometimes we kind of inherit it from different places. But you know, you don't know where it comes from until you do some of this work, like you said, to heal and to sort of analyze what all was going on and it's not necessarily trauma bonding in the conversations but it is helpful to know that others have had similar experiences and to hear the strategies that people have developed to deal with this in a healthy way right to be able to say no i am successful and my definition of success is happiness and i i definitely agree with that i think that happiness is something that a lot of people don't even endeavor to aspire to. Sometimes people don't think that it's achievable for them to live a life that really truly is, you know, blessed with the, the joyousness of happiness a lot more often than it is, you know, challenging in downtimes. And so if you f can find a way to bring that to yourself, that's definitely, I think, a success for your life and how you're how you're living it, because it's it is a, something you have to actively try to do versus something that you just allow to happen to you and it, and it comes. So Carmen, jump in here. I know you've been listening and um, I'm really excited to hear what you want to say, but if anybody wants to come up, we're talking today about releasing the pressure to succeed. And it's really a lifelong journey, I think. And so we're just talking about where we are in that journey and what our personal experience has been. And if there are stories you want to share, feel free. Thank you so much, Wendy. I mean, it's, Rodrigo says something that uh, pretty much started my um, you know, my pressure in succeeding, you know, crossing that river, right? Being a, a daughter of an immigrant crossing the, rev the river just pretty much was the first big pressure of, you know, your parents are bringing you over to have a better opportunity and you must succeed. You cannot fail them. And that was just something that you know, was an unwritten pressure that was always there as a, a young child. Um, but, you know, as coming in here and, and learning different things, there was never really a guide of how you can succeed, right? As a child, your parents don't know a lot of times how to guide you, except like, just go to school, just go to school, do good in school and you'll be fine. Uh, but there was no, you know, encouragement, at least because I come from an immigrant parent who worked three jobs. She was never there. I was, you know, a great student. You know, I wanted to succeed. I just didn't know which way to go. I didn't have the guidance or the support. So it ended up that as I became a teenager, I started putting that pressure on myself to succeed. Um, and now succeed, you know, has different layers, right? Success can be career-wise, happiness, you know, loving yourself and finding yourself, building that family. I mean, there's so many levels of success, but I have put so much pressure on myself to have it all. I wanted each and every uh, facet of my life to be successful, not only so I can be happy with myself, but be able to provide for my children and make my mother proud, you know, and it was something that I had 
put so much pressure on. Now I'm in my 40s. I feel like I have reached, you know, the goals that everybody had expected from me, I guess, to become successful. Um, but most importantly, I have found my own self success instead of own self love, I guess you can say it all goes together. Um, and I think it's very important that we continue to go on that path of self love and whatever that self love will lead you to whatever success you're looking for. Um, but it's definitely a lot of our written rules um, and things that we all have to kind of keep pushing forward and, and just find your happiness. You know, for me as a mother, you know, I'm here to support my children and my boys that I coach. Um, and it's like, what is it that you are looking for? Right. Right now I have a couple of kids that love drawing. All right. They're creative. Let me show them the way. Let me find them schools that they can probably attend, you know, different apps that they can use to, to, you know, use their creativity, whatever it is, you know, I kind of provide them with the tools. And I think a lot of us didn't have those tools coming from a country, you know, to, to find better opportunity where we just kind of had to find our way uh, to success, whatever that may be for each of us. Um, that's my input. Thank you. Oh yeah. I, so many things in there, Carmen. And I, yes, I definitely want to talk about this family generational part too, a little bit more, because I have a story in there as well that I wanted to share. And I think the success first happiness, thanks for the link, um, Rodrigo and Carmen. Um, I really like what you were saying and I forgot, shoot, I started writing it down. Oh, like that there's no guide to succeed. And I think that that's so true because there really isn't a roadmap or anything. We all just have such different lived experiences. But I know that when I was younger, I always saw other women that were successful, quote unquote successful, and I always watched them. I mean, like I was the biggest Oprah fan ever because I, I, I was always thinking, well, if they could succeed, I could succeed. Like that's the basic premise of this. But then there was always this other complete different scenario that was like, well, but how did they do it, right? Like, what is the story? What is the journey? Where is the roadmap? What did they, like, okay, I got to go to college and then I got to go this and I got to go that. And suddenly it was this like checklist of things that I needed to do in order to be successful. And before I knew it, I was like you, exactly like you were saying, working my way down the aspects of my life, trying to check off things on this list that were benchmarks of success. When in reality, I didn't even think I probably wanted some of those things, right? And when I really you know, started moving forward in my life in a way that was authentic to me and what I really wanted. I had to say no a few times to some of those things because although they were markers of quote unquote success, they weren't the things that were gonna bring me happiness. So I, I definitely have had my own share of the, that type of experience. But Rodrigo, do you wanna jump in and then we'll go to, to Juan, Doc Rico, and then um, to Denai. Yeah, yeah, no, no, great, great uh, recap there, Wendy. So just wanna make sure that everybody's aware of that. But uh, I also wanted to just uh, touch on two things, right? Uh, first, Wendy, when she said about, you know, just the checklist mark, that reminds me why my first two years of my undergrad was pre-med. You know, it's like, 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 I never wanted to do this. It was a constant dream of my dad for me to be a doctor, right? And so that was the goal. That was the end. That was, that was the route, right? And, and everybody loved that idea. Everybody loved that idea that I would talk, oh my God, you're going to be a doctor. That's great. Blah, 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 blah. And the whole time, you know, I was like, I don't really, I don't know. I kind of want to be a teacher. And my dad was crestfallen when I changed my major to education. He was just, oh my God, he didn't understand it. You know, he, he literally said, why the fuck do you want to be a teacher? He literally said that to me. 
And I was like, well, I kind of want to be a DJ, you know? And, and anyways, uh, you know, going towards that, it's about those checklists, right? And one thing that I wanted to add that Carmen said was the whole notion of self-love and how it's just not prevalent at all, at least not in my family and a lot of the family and a lot of my family, a lot of others that I've spoken to, you know, it's always about sacrifice, working hard and this and that. And those are good attributes. Don't get me wrong. But just the, the, the whole thing about self-love and taking time out to, you know, to, to value yourself, you know, and outside of these monetary, outside of these, you know, certificates and things that you gain and all, all that stuff, just self-love for yourself, you know, and I think that was something that was definitely missing, something I didn't learn and something that I, I got to be honest, I am I, a lot of my success now and a lot of my happiness is because I took the time to really, you know, work through all that stuff and, and give myself self-love in the sense of like, I got to take care of my shit. I got to work through this stuff and go through my mental health journey and all that stuff. So I just wanted to uh, uplift that message and elevate that, Carmen. I see Doc Rico and Denai are here. Thank you all for joining us. Doc Rico, what do you want to add uh, to the conversation that we're having right now? Doc Rico might be uh, in a sp area where he has spotty internet or something. He's infamous for that. So, Doc Rico, we'll come back to you. What about you, Denai? What would you like to add to the conversation? Hey, thanks for bringing me up. Um, great conversation, by the way. Uh, and and like everybody else on the stage, I've struggled with it. I haven't struggled with the expectations much because, you know, so when we came to this country, uh, yeah, you know, the American dream was a big thing for us. But for my brother, the American dream was for him to get an education, do well, um, you know, have a family. Uh, and all of that fun stuff, right? Become a, an attorney, a doctor, whatever. For me, <laughs> the expectation was do good in school and marry someone who's a doctor or a lawyer or, you know, what have you. Um, and that used to piss me off as a kid because I, you know, I was like, well, how about I just become, you know, that person that I'm supposed to marry? Uh, and that's what I did. I really, really chased success. Um, you know, and I did the same thing that everybody else here uh, has talked about, which is have that checklist uh, that, um, you know, you check off the, the, the things, your accomplishments and stuff like that. Um, and did it make me happy? Um, yeah. In some instances, it made me happy because I proved to myself that I could achieve things that, you know, nobody thought I could achieve, right? Nobody really had any expectations for me. So um, it did make me happy. Uh, is it everything in life? No, not at all. My children are everything in life, right? If I never had, you know, achieved anything, um, I know that I've achieved raising two amazing men uh, and having that love and fostering that love, right? And putting two decent human beings out into the world. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yeah, no, they're two very, very different things. Um, success and, you know, I guess personal happiness are, uh, I don't think they go uh, hand in hand. I don't think you can't have both of them. Uh, I do know you can't have everything, 
you know, something, something suffers along the way, right? Nobody has the perfect marriage, the perfect kids, the perfect life, the perfect career, um, you know, the perfect parents, uh, perfect siblings, whatever. There's something, something's always uh, going to be wrong or going to suffer. But, uh, but yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't have those expectations put on me, but I did put them on myself, um, you know, and so that's kind of, that was my point of view. That's it. This is Denai and I'm done speaking. Yeah, Denai, I I, <laughs> I was talking about that early in the room too, that I inherited these these pressures just on my own. There was definitely not from my mom any pressure that was there. And most of it was actually from the absence of my dad, not necessarily him putting pressure on me. So there, it's, it is interesting the things that we put on ourselves and then we grow, you know, in our different ways that we grow. And I, and I agree with what you said, you know, about the kids different things are important to you depending on what is going on in your life I'm, i would think i would be the same way if i actually had kids they probably would be the most important thing to me so you know it's always giving ourselves grace to approach this and approach life and in the way that is best for um you know circumstances that have come up for us so i appreciate you um, bringing in the kid conversation as well um all right so it looks like if i ptr still won your first but if you're not there we'll go to ray are you there <laughs> I, i'm here i'm finally okay. back you know um, I love this conversation because um, a lot of times my dad growing up, well, not even growing up, but um, as a young adult, his definition of success for me was have a house, you know, have a house, have a house, have a house. And I really didn't want to buy a house because I didn't want to be stuck in a house. I wanted to, if I needed to move, I had the flexibility. So it was very interesting um, way of, you know, he looks at it because he looked at the people at church like, oh, they have like a small job or a big job, whatever, they have a house. And for me, it was more about personal development. My success was about personal development and being able to connect with people at, a, at the highest level possible. So I spend most of my money in events, conferences, and eating out a lot. Um, because I realized that all the decision making was always after when I, when I lived in Baltimore, there was a lot of um, meetings. Uh, I think for you're a little planning. bit choppy. One, I don't know if you're. Are you in the car or where's where are you at? I'm always in the car. Don't you know this by now, Wendy? I'm always <laughs> in the car. I do know this by now. Okay, so to let you know, your service is a little bit choppy. You're kind of you're, but I think we can understand what you're saying. Uh, basically. Um, for me, success was being able to be connected, being able to not only connect for myself, but to help others. And when I was at different nonprofit organizations, I was able to bring up the next generation of Latinos to be whatever they want to be, whether it be entrepreneurs or engineers or programmers. For me, that was the most successful part, but my dad didn't really understand that. And for most of the part, I had to spend my own money because as a nonprofit organization, as a director of a nonprofit, you did, I didn't make a lot of money. So he didn't realize, he didn't like, it didn't click in his head. Cause like you have an engineering degree, you know, you were working in, in Ed Verizon, big corporation. You had your own corporate card. You flew a lot. But I was I told my dad I was bored. I didn't I, I wasn't making a contribution. I wasn't helping people and I needed to do something different. So I took a pay cut and started working in nonprofit in an education uh, realm to helping more Latinos um, at that time go into college, get the you know high school to college path. 
and I was able to do that. And, and, and now I look back and some of them are people that I've actually recommended for jobs and other things. So for me, it was buying a house and, and being tied down to that instead of being flexible to what I needed to do um, wasn't it. Now I'm older and I am buying a house, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm now letting the next generation do that work that I did when I was in my 20s and early 30s. And now I'm trying to help the, the, the generation behind me get the, the higher paying jobs, the executive jobs, in which way I can. But that, for me, is success. Awesome. Thanks. Ray, um, and I, yeah, we heard you too. It's just fine. Thanks, Juan, for being here. Ray, do you want to hop in? Sure. Um, you know, growing up, I think uh, I felt that success and happiness was uh, like a permanent thing. And then as, as I got older and, you know, me being like a big sports fan, I, I realized that neither of them is something permanent. You know, it, they're both like moments in time or they could be uh, more than just a moment in time, maybe a couple months. But after that, uh, it depends on, you know, what your goal is. I saw this documentary on ESPN called Broke. Uh, it was like a 30 for 30 special. And they talked about all these pro athletes that basically went broke. And you know, when you think pro athlete, you think, oh, success, you think money, oh, you think they have it made, but a lot of them go broke after. And I seen another documentary on how many former pro boxers ended up broke on their deathbed, like Joe Frazier and on and on. A lot of them had like Don King as a promoter. So now I'm at the point where, you know, success is like a moment in time. And then um, I do what makes me happy as long as it's legal and both of them are just moments in time that i'm always chasing uh for myself and i don't think you'll ever permanently reach a success and i've learned to just ignore other people including family because everybody always will have their own opinion of what success is you know me leaving the corporate bank i know a lot of my family members you know to this day don't understand it but to me, that's not success. And I'm pausing the mic. Yes, absolutely. I think my family is still struggling with the idea that I'm not uh, going back to the federal government. <laughs> I think we, we definitely have uh, probably similar family views in that whole situation. So good to have you here, Ray. And I just want to reset the room real quick because we had a couple of thing, uh, people join us since we've been starting this conversation about releasing the pressure to succeed and how do we, as we go through our life's journey, come into these places where we felt this pressure? Um, I started my story with you know, going from my home life to my education life to my career and then eventually in leadership positions sort of imposing um, this pressure on other people and learning that I then needed actually to act shield people versus <laughs> give people pressure. Um, and so it, it's been a learning process for me as well as I've gone through all of this. And I think one of the things we talked about a lot was like, well, I'd say about 100% of us on stage are part of the Amigos <laughs> crowd. So we are Latinx in some way. And uh, our experience, as you hear threaded through all of this, does come from um, our family experience as well and our, you know, quote unquote immigration stories. My family is not um, has been here for a number of generations, so it's not necessarily an immigration story, but it's really my family history. And that comes from our immigration story. And as the generations in my family have grown up, my generation and I particularly am the most successful out of the generations, you know, in recent times, maybe uh, 
I don't really know about when we were in Mexico, so I can't comment on that. But at least the ones that I know about here, we've been able to move the family forward in different ways, including going to college and getting um, professional jobs and you know, being successful in our family endeavors and all these other things, but not without a whole lot of um, unsuccessful times as well, <laughs> collectively amongst my uncles and cousins and people in recent generations. So there was always this pressure that I felt to, one, continue to grow and to, to succeed in what I was doing, but then two, to lift up the generations after me. And it was really my niece and nephew, because I don't have kids, my niece and nephew who the expectation was set for me as the example to help them get into college, to help them figure out the financial aid system, to help them, you know, um, anytime they had questions about how to navigate college or whatever, to do all these other things. And so when I knew they were watching me in college, one of the pressures to succeed was this pressure to be an example for them. And as I grew into you know, my career and have continued to support them in their education, they both finally did get their degrees, which took a number of years and there was a number of trials, but they, I'm so proud of them for having done that. But it, again, they both still also felt that pressure that they had to. And some of that pressure was helpful because it did ultimately mean that they finished their degrees. But I know that they struggled with that pressure a lot as well. And so it really is something that as a family, as you're you know, moving towards generational wealth and generational health and all of these things, sometimes some of these pressures are really strong and you know they may go away for a bit, they may come back or they may come in a different form. And I think as my identity is Latinx or as a Latina, I have felt pressures that other people have not felt. And it is interesting to see when we come together in community that other people have felt similar pressures and that we can talk about them and share and learn from each other's experience. So that's what we're here doing today. If you're coming into the conversation a little bit late, we're talking about how we've released the pressure to succeed or if we've felt this pressure before and what is our lived experience as people who are going through this life. And so if you wanna come up and join us, Rodrigo or I will bring you up, feel free to raise your hand. And if not, we'll just keep um, talking here on the stage. Just know that if you come up, replays are on and we do use this room as a um, repurposing strategy to um, create a podcast. So you'll be part of our podcast, which is actually um, a cool thing. So a reason why you might want to come up on stage because um, you might have inadvertently joined our podcast. So uh, yeah, so glad to have you guys here. And I'm just gonna open it up to whoever wants to jump in. Hey, I, I wanted to reflect on what Coach Ray said earlier. Uh, I, I love that, you know, he, he mentioned that because I did something similar uh, last year, two years ago, where I, I left a relatively safe position uh, you know, and had a nice salary and all that good stuff, but, but I wasn't happy. And when, when I decided like to make a, make a move, I, I had a lot of resistance from folks, you know, within my circle, uh, even just friends, friends like myself, you know, that, that are my age and maybe have gone through similar experiences. And it's just so crazy how so entrenched that idea is of, of kind of comfort and security and safety. And I get it because I, I subscribe to it at times myself. Right. But when somebody does venture out like Ray and says like, hey, I'm going to leave this position and, you know, venture out to something else, the amount of pushback you get because people are so, you know, they're so firm in what they believe is success and what they believe is happiness that they start imposing that kind of viewpoint on yourself. Like they can't even they can't even conjure it up like, oh, my God, what would why would you do that? Oh my God, I would be so happy to have your position or my God, you make so much money. Why would you do that? And this and that. And it's understandable for them 
but for, you know, myself and, and I'm sure for coach Ray, you know, it's like, I, I want to define my own success. I want to define my own happiness. And I think that's when you really are successful. When you start defining it, it's not even like accomplishing it, right? Now, I don't know about Ray, you know, uh, Ray, Ray, and maybe Ray can share a little bit more about that, right? But, but you know, for me, when I decided to, to, to leave, I, I just felt like I needed something different. Like I had already done everything I could in that, in that uh, field, in that realm. And I said, I want, I want a different challenge. I want something else. I already knew that I had already accomplished my main goal to deny's point and raise my two boys. You know, I felt like, hey, I, I did what I wanted to do with my boys. My boys are two great, you know, kind, compassionate and caring, uh, you know, individuals. They're good, solid, you know, uh, uh, members of society. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean I wasn't going to be in their lives. Obviously, I still am. And now my son lives with me. But at the time, I felt like, you know what? I've done what I needed to do. I want to venture out. And it was just so fascinating for everybody to just like, their mind was blown. They're, they literally could not figure out why I would do that. And I said, no, nah, I'm, I'm, I got other goals now. I have other things that I want to accomplish. I, wa I want to define that. And I think that is the key when we take ownership and we define our own success and we define our own happiness, that we really are successful, you know? And again, it doesn't matter if that road actually leads to quote unquote success. In other words, I, I quit this job, right? Or I left this job. And when I left the job, I get, you know, I become a blogger and maybe I, now I make 23 K and I'm not that successful, right? And I'm struggling, but you know what? Fuck it. I, at least I, I, I feel like I'm successful because I ventured out and did what I wanted to do. And I think that really is the success and, and really, and, and possibly the happiness that people are looking for when we own and we define what success and happiness is for ourselves. You know what, Rodrigo, I love that you said that. Um, so, that, and that reminds me, uh, in 2013, my youngest, who's 19 now, was nine years old. And my oldest had um, just come back from a tour in Afghanistan. And, you know, we had the big house and the cars and all that stuff. And, um, you know, for, from from the outside looking in, everybody would think, you know, oh, this family's got everything. They're so successful. And but really, I spent my days, um, you know, working like a maniac and running around everywhere and like going to PTA meetings and, and birthday parties and baptisms and just like we we were overscheduled as a family. And, you know, I had a, like a, a come to Jesus moment and realized, you know, I, I raised one kid and he went to war. He's a man. He went to war, you know, and here's the nine year old and I'm going to blink and it's going to be gone. And, you know, I don't want my memories to be just, you know, chauffeuring everybody everywhere and running around everywhere. Um, I want real memories. I want to build memories that you know when i'm older i can just look back and smile and enjoy them and relive them and so what i did was i rented out my house sold all my furniture put put any you know like the the important things like photos and 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 um you know anything that i wanted to keep in a storage unit bought an rv and i went cross country for three years with my family and my family thought 
I lost my ever loving mind. They thought I turned into a gypsy. <laughs> they thought I must have been running from the law. Like every possible scenario that you could imagine that people talked shit, they talked shit. And all it was, was that I made the decision that my American dream, my, you know, the things that make me successful and happy are going to be the things that I define as making me successful and happy. And so I did. I, you know, we, I never went camping a day in my life before that. And then went from that to having an RV and learning how to like plug it in everywhere, you know, finding the places to go, the campgrounds, and we did it. And it was the most life altering experience ever. My, my, um, you know, my youngest son, it was like more well-traveled in one year than I ever had been in my life. Um, because we went everywhere, you know, and, and, and it was amazing. And, and, and I homeschooled him. That was another thing that like everybody lost their shit over. Um, but you know, he got to learn about American history by going to every single, uh, you know, every single monument and going and getting his junior ranger badges everywhere at all of the monuments. And like, you know, we visited everything. We went cross country, like I think eight times. I mean, it was epic epic but nobody in my family could wrap their brains around how special of a thing that was all they could think of was you're living in an rv you went from a big house to an rv how can you do that and they just they didn't get it so i hear you when you know when you're saying that um people judge what you want to define as success by what they want to have and so yeah well you know uh former gypsy here but i'm so glad i did it and i you know i'm only sorry that i stopped but i had to oh my gosh that's my that's like my american dream to be a gypsy i love that <laughs> I, I deny you just got infinitely cooler in my book i already thought you were cool but she got way cooler right now <laughs> yeah that's my dream to be denise kid <laughs> Right? Can you adopt us the next time you're trying to drive around this country? Yeah. I'm down to make fires. <laughs> I got a camper. That's as far as I've gone for now, because I can take a little trips here and there, make those memories until both my boys go through college. And again, well, one of them, because the other one is pursuing his happiness, right? So I think we need to promote more for people to pursue their own happiness. I think we put too much pressure on success, and that's whatever success looks in our eyes, right? Like I had, I had to learn with my oldest that how I see success is not how he sees success, right? Because whatever makes me happy may not make him happy. So it was a lot of more pressuring him to find his own happiness. How can I help you? What is it that you like? How can I support you in that process? And you know, that's what he's doing. You know, he's pursuing his happiness. He's gonna have a few bumps in the road, but that's just life. And as long as he's happy, to me, he is successful. And that's all that matters to me as a parent at the end of the day for my kids to be happy. And that success, just whatever that may be for them, it's their happiness. So we just need to promote more of that pursuit of happiness. You know, for me, Danai, just the same thing. I'm so happy plugging in my camper somewhere, sitting by the beach and just being a bum. And that's the happiest things that I could do, right? Some people don't like it. That's on them, right? Just find your own happiness. And I think as culturally, 
we need to start pushing that in our culture of promoting pursuit of happiness instead of pressuring our kids to find success that we think you know, their, their ancestors thought, be, be a doctor, be a lawyer, be this, be that. It's like, no, if you're happy being, I don't know, going cross country in a, an RV, then as long as you're not hurting anyone, go for it. Yeah, I, I agree, uh, Carmen. And I think that a lot of that has to do with surviving, unfortunately, you know, especially within uh, marginalized communities, right? If you have the opportunity and the capacity to have a certain, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say stature, but a position that will helpfully influence and promote, or, you know, our culture, our people and whatnot. I think a lot of that survivor, you know, mentality is to like, hey, we got to push that. We got to push that. doesn't matter if you like it or not, but we need you there. And I, and I get that, right? And, and at certain times, I, I feel like maybe that does need to happen. I, I know that for myself, I still feel like I do need to do certain things just because I'm in a privileged state and I have the capacity to do them. So therefore I need to do them, right? But again, that's my choice. That's not something that I, you know, get foisted upon by somebody else or whatnot. With my boys, I do the same exact thing you're doing, Carmen. And I think my boys are are very happy. They're very, I give them a lot of agency, a lot of, of, of capacity to make their own choices. And at the end of the day, you know, like you said, they might fall here, they might fall there and this and that, but it's their choice. They are happy with their choices regardless of the choices end up in failure or not as successful as they thought they were going to be. But at the very least, they got to choose that. And I've never imposed, you know, whatever I wanted on my kids. Uh, I feel like, you know, hey, as long as they're happy, then that's it. You know, that's all there is to it. And my son, my youngest now, he's probably the one that uh, that for, for, for all intents and purposes is going to break the cycle. Because at the end of the day, my son is very adamant. He's like, I don't really care about college. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to go to college. I want to be in IT somehow and do this and that. And I said, okay, you know what I'm saying? As long as you have a plan, you're good to go, right? And within the last year, year and a no, yeah, last year, he has slowly come to the point where he makes the choice now that he wants to go to college. He, he told me, you know, about two weeks ago, right? He's like, hey, I heard that, you know, since I live here now in San Antonio that I can go to community college for free. I said, yeah, yeah, you could do that. Like, yeah, I think I want to do that. Yeah, I want to do that. And then after that, you know, go to like a four-year program. I was like, okay, cool, man. That's cool with me, man. Let's make that happen. And, and for me, he ended up doing what I wanted him to do, to be honest, right? But he arrived to that point on his own. And he, he felt like, hey, you know what? That's how I'm going to succeed. That's how I'm going to be happy. And I couldn't be more proud of him because at the end of the day, He's taking charge of his own life and he's creating that. So even though he's going down the route that probably my dad obviously wants that I want for him, he's doing that on his own volition. He's doing it on his own choice. And, and it really, it just brightened up my day when he did that. Not because it made me happy, because it made him happy. And he realized on his own, hey, I'm going to be happy doing this. Why, why shouldn't I do that? So I really appreciate your, your input there, Carmen, when, when it comes to that pressure to succeed because you you are definitely breaking those chains. And Denai with her travel RV story is definitely breaking those chains. Because if I told that to my parents, like, hey, you know what, I'm gonna do this, they would to totally tell me that I'm out my fucking mind. <laughs> my dad would be like, like, yo sé que te gusta camping, pero tranquilo, wey, porque estás haciendo, you know, he would, he would totally go off the rails about, about that. Hey, I'm with Rodrigo's dad, and same thing. My my parents, if I would say, I'm 
grab an RV and travel the country, they'd be like, que carajo, what the hell? You know, they were already upset with me going to Peru and, try, and you know, on hiking for four days in the mountain. You know, imagine what, a whole year? Oh, wow. They would have lost. I, I have I have to I have to add this when, when I told my dad like years ago right that I was taking the boys camping and going hiking my dad literally responded with like ah you want to go hiking mira vete, vete a Monterrey y empieza desde allí y camínate todo hasta el paso y luego vete hiking allí a ver cómo te gusta <laughs> he was weaponizing his <laughs> he's weaponizing his own you know crossing of the border against me like 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 i'm fucking wasting my time hiking you want to do real hiking go you know, do that i'm like wow man but anyways again i give my dad grace i mean that's just the way he was raised and that's just the way he, you know he, he kind of sees the world so well, and I love that our families apparently need us to be home and working in our jobs somewhere in an office in order for us to be successful is what I'm gathering from all of these different tidbits. But when you are, especially if you're on the entrepreneur side, this must seem absolutely absurd to them. I mean, I, when I tell my family I have not had a paycheck from someone in six months, they're looking at me like, well, when are you going to go get a paycheck? Like, are you just going to like, why don't you just go out and get a paycheck tomorrow? And I'm like, no, that's not how this works. So it's really, really funny to hear, you know, how many different aspects of your life you can be judged on and have pressure to succeed. And it's not always just like, you know, about your life um, in the professional aspect. It could also be about, you know, my family pressures me about why I'm not married or why I haven't found a, you know, a suitable husband or whatever it is. You know, there's so many things in there to unpack that come from that family part that sort of spill into the other aspects of your experience. And this conversation has been magical. It was definitely everything I wanted and more because I appreciate all of the stories. I love the stories. I think the stories are a very powerful way to learn um, from the community members. And I know we're here for another like six-ish minutes. So I'm just gonna leave space for anybody who wants to either come up and talk or anyone who's on the stage who wants to share or build on something that's already been said. Um, or call attention to something that really resonated with you, feel free and we'll be here till the top of the hour. So just a quick thing before I go back into the matrix. Um, I like what Ray was saying that success is sort of like, um, you know, it goes up and down, up and down. You're only there for a minute or two and then you back down. Um, going back to the hiking analogy, that's when I really understood when you talk about mountaintop success, you know, from peak to valley. Because every time I went to the top of one valley, or one, one mountain peak, then I realized I had to go to the next one to get to where I wanted to go. But that means I had to go down again. And you think going down is easy, but actually walking down a mountain is actually harder on your, on, on your, on your hips and, and knees than going up one. So... I've used that analogy, and I love when Ray said that because, yes, you know, you have these goals of that what you want sex to be like or be, but you have to climb up it, and then you have to come down because you can't stay up there. You know, you can't live in a mountain. You can't live on top. There's no food. There's no vegetation. There's very little. You have to come back down, and then you have to go back up and come back down. So um, that's my new sort of way of life. It's like I, I know I've, I find something new. Like for me is my digital art. That's my new mountain that I'm climbing. Eventually, I'll get to the top where I feel like, oh, my God, I'm successful. Then I have to come back down, and then I have to go to the next mountaintop. So that's a little tip.
I'm an avid hiker, so I know that the knee problems going downhill. You're not, you're not lying about that. And I think that the success of going up and down, as I mentioned in, earlier in the room, but we never really talked about it, is this fear of failure, right? So the reason that we're trying to constantly keep going up, up, up is because when you go down, it seems like there's a failure in there. And there's not always a failure. I mean, sometimes there's just lessons learned and life challenges and things that happen, circumstances, whatever. But your brain thinks that there's this failure that's coming. That's your, it doesn't have to be a failure. You don't have to interpret it as a failure. But one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to um, not feel pressure is because the alternative of succeeding is failing, essentially, or at least not moving forward, staying stagnant, right? So either option is generally not what you want if you're trying to grow and learn and, and move forward. So I think that for me, at least in my experience of going up and down, the times when I've gone down, I mean, I'm real clear that you could only go so far down before you got to come back up. And I'm very like I push myself on the down even to not fall too low because I have a bottom barrier that I won't allow myself to get past in whatever it is that I'm doing. And I have been able to work on flipping that script in my brain from okay, you can't fail too bad. You can, you can have a little bit of a challenge here, but like you can't let it get worse than this, to saying, okay, that was a meaningful experience that I needed to experience, but now from here I need to move forward, and in order to move forward, I need to grow in this way. And then really pushing myself on the growth part being the important part, then the, the tumble down from the success. And I think that that formula in my head, every time I find myself doing that over and over again, it gets quicker. The amount of time that I can reframe my thoughts is shorter each time I catch myself. So I don't know if anybody else has had this experience before, but I know that at least for me, I have been able to retrain some of my thinking here. But the first part of the retraining that I always teach people in any kind of you know cognitive reframing, whether it's imposter syndrome or stuff like this, is capturing that moment when you realize you're having the negative thought in order to stop and then reframe it after. So as I'm having the fear of failure or as I'm overachieving because I'm afraid to fail, being able to say, oh, I recognize what this is. And then I have another strategy to deal with it. Yeah, just to add to that, Wendy, you know, I always tell people, what is the worst thing that anybody can say to you? It's no. What is the worst thing that can happen? You fail. Did you learn something from it? At the end of the day, you have succeeded. You've learned something. You're growing. You're constantly growing even from your failures. And you need to celebrate every success, every failure, because trust me that you have gained something one way or another. So always staying with that positive outlook. It does help us grow and it does help us stay positive and continue to reach for the stars, whatever stars those are for you. I just I just want to add that I I really appreciate you know Carmen Denai uh, you know just just uh, y'all really just breaking these kind of cycles you know and I think that's really the most critical thing for our kids you know to to make sure that we break those cycles for them so that they're really not kind of uh, you know bonded to these ideas of what success and happiness are. And not to necessarily say that you know our ideas or even our parents' ideas are wrong, but to let them define what you know success and happiness is for them and i think that's really the best gift one of the best gifts that we can give to our kids in breaking those kind of uh, uh, those cyclical traumas you know instead of just passing down like you got to do this you got to do that and and living vicariously through them 
is allowing them to explore what they want to do and what what you know and again what define what definitions they want to have and take out for what uh is what what is success and what is happiness. So kudos to both of both of y'all, Doctor Rico. I saw you on mic. Uh, feel free to share. Um, I would just say, you know, when we're talking about, you know, going down, I always see it as a challenge, never as a failure. Um, and, and, and the recovery time, I, I know that when I, many years ago, lost one of my, my first business, uh, that failure took me a long time to recover. And it, it was always stuck in my head, replaying, replaying. And, um, you know, so it's, if you have those moments, you need to try to bounce back as fast as possible. And, and not see it as as a failure. See it as you know you took a you took a chance. Um, you were ahead of the curve, and um, and then then just move forward because then you're you're stuck in a loop, and and then you define your own. You you, you stop defining your own success, and then you just have that experience define who you are. And that you can't do that. It just it, it eats at you, and and it's something that still like sometimes eats at me. But it's something that you know you need to move forward. So I always tell people when when they come to something that they fa- they say they fail, just take it as a challenge and move forward because it's going to eat at you if you keep on pondering. Ooh, that's a good one. You know, one of the things that I heard, one of the quotes I heard that I love is, uh, "The only L's I take are lessons." Right? But it, but it's a lot more than that. And I think that's a great topic, Wendy. We should definitely have that topic, Wendy, because it is difficult. Sometimes when we do take those chances or we do take a risk and there's some failure involved in there, right? And how do we recover from that? Because I've had businesses in the past that didn't quite pan out, you know, or when you are, you are on your entrepreneur journey and you have to take a step back or a perceived step back. You know, when people will say like, well, you're an entrepreneur, but why are you working this nine to five job or whatever, right? And how the kind of those ramifications, you know, lead to, you know, certain feelings when you're an entrepreneur. Now that you've joined our community by listening to this podcast episode, I want to welcome you to participate in a conversation with our collective very soon. If you're not on the Clubhouse app, you can connect to me on any social media platform as Wendy Veloz, V-E-L-O-Z. I'd like to thank everyone in our community who participated in this episode and especially my partners in crime, Santiago and Rodrigo. Until next episode, keep changing the world.